Welcome everyone to Healing Hope and Restoration. I'm your co-host Tiffany. And I'm Howard. And Howard, we're going to finish up our fundamental series and really talk about this part two to adjustment to change. We kind of teased it before and now we're going to give our listeners, our audience, some things that will help them in their adjustments to whatever type of changes that they're encountering in their lives today. Absolutely. Uh, If we don't have a mindset that can reach out and grab the handrails uh, when change is occurring, then um, we slip and fall. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do today is give you some things to hang on to. And you might not be able to make complete intellectual sense of what's changing in your life. Mm -hmm. You may not get the how or why questions answered, but perhaps the better question to ask is what can I do as I move through this season of life? Absolutely. So I think one of the first things we can settle our minds around is this idea that life is going to change period. And if you think that any particular season is going to, you know, persist always, then you have been misinformed. So we need to embrace and come to a place of acceptance that the seasons are not going to change. I have, or the seasons are going to change. I apologize. I have littles right now. I have three, four and under at this point in time and a five month old. Um, and when when people see me with my kid, you know, especially like moms are like, Oh, I remember when, and then they tell me, Hey, it goes so fast. It goes so fast. It goes so fast. Mm-hmm. And like, you're near in the thick of it. Like you're tired and you're like, okay, you know what? If they could move through this one. Okay. Like faster, I'd be happy with that. But they lament, you know, the fact that the seasons changed and then they didn't necessarily embrace it maybe entirely. Or realize that, hey, yeah, we aren't going to be here always. Maybe I should have enjoyed it a little bit more than I did because looking back, I actually miss it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I think when I think about that, my wife and I uh, could not have children. At 35, we adopted uh, a child. And you know, I, I think about that. We're 35 years older than him. Mm-hmm. And he has graduated now 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. I can't wrap my mind around that. <laughs> like, where did all that time go? And to watch the changes in his life, some good, some not so good, I, I've gotten this firsthand look at how um, fast time goes Mm -hmm. and that you can't stop that as one 1970s song said time keeps slipping into the future and it and it does i can hear that now (laughs) now you'd be thinking about that the whole time now uh (laughs) tiffany has good taste she likes the same music i do um including jazz right (laughs) yes uh but i think the thing that the thing that we have to really grab onto as a handrail is that, okay, embrace that time is going to change things. That change is absolutely inevitable. That whatever plans you make, they may not all work out. And that you don't have to look at that pessimistically or negatively. You can look at it as we talked in the last broadcast about, about the press box 
let's say the play's been called and you're ready to execute the play, but you see what's going on, so you have to call an audible. And calling the audible is another one of those handles where I can say, okay, I got to grab onto that. I didn't expect this. This isn't what I planned for. This isn't how I hoped it would go. But this is not the end of the world. This is not a matter of life and death. This is something I have to learn to work through. And the more my mindset is attuned to that future possibility, mm-hmm. keep your plans follow your plans. But if an audible has to be called, I'm prepared to do that because I might be starting to see some tendencies or let's say it just comes out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Sometimes change happens that way for us. If I still have this mindset that looks forward and says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. However, I have to be prepared to Maybe do something different. Take a different fork in the road. Respond differently. Mm-hmm. I've got to be prepared for that. Absolutely. So we are talking even from a spiritual perspective. We make our plans, you know, about, you know, we lay out the way that we want our life to go, you know, but then we may encounter things that are potential obstacles, things we just didn't anticipate, and then our plans end up being forcibly changed. You know, so our attitude should be one that's, you know, I will make these plans. I will hold them tentatively. If they happen the way that I plan, great. You know what? Mm -hmm. If they don't, then, you know, I'm open to what comes as well. And I can adjust to that. Yeah. And I love the book of James in the New Testament because James says, um, you know, don't in a definitive way say, I'm going to go to this town and that town. I'm going to make money. I'm going to make good investments and I'm going to buy houses and land and I'm going to do this and things are going to be the way I want them to be. And he didn't dismiss that as being part of human ingenuity and human aspiration. But he said, the caveat is you must put to it. If God so wills, Mm -hmm. if this is the will of God, So I make my plans, and if the sovereign will of God is different than the plans I made, then my first default in this forward thinking is that I have this handrail to hold on to called the unchangeableness of God. Absolutely. And whatever his will, which supersedes my will. And that's where our security lies, because he's not uncertain about anything that has to do with our futures. And anything that would come up that would challenge, you know, his sovereign will, you know, he has the power to supersede that. And to um, basically nothing is an obstacle for him. No. And in a clinical setting, as Christian counselors, we often want to try to, um, you know, obviously not take the place of a pastor. I'll say that strongly and parenthetically. But remind them to plug back into their faith. Yes. Because um, when you separate the mind and the body from spirituality and you get compartmentalized like that, life makes less sense. Uh, We're created as whole people. And so in a holistic way, body, soul, and spirit, we want to minister to uh, the spiritual part of our lives as counselors in order to help people to plug into the unchangeableness of God in the midst of change. Absolutely. So we know change is inevitable. It's coming. How we adjust to change means, you know, really leaning into those changes. I think recognizing that, um, you know, 
I think another aspect of adjusting to change well is being able to, you know, grieve the loss that comes with change because you could be moving out of seasons in your life that you thoroughly enjoyed and that you really greatly don't want to leave, but also being open to that giving way to things that are maybe better than you even anticipated. So I think the expressing of loss, I think, is important. Mm -hmm. Now, we think of that clearly in the face of, of death. However, again, right at this moment, we're not talking specifically about that, but about the way that you grieve losses in your life. Um, I think being in touch with how you feel is another one of those handles to grab onto that God's okay with our raw feelings about those things because he is himself a God of feeling and emotion. And although the feeling and emotion he gave us when he created us is unfortunately um, couched in the fall of man and our sinful nature uh, in and of themselves. Feelings are not good or bad. They're not sinful. They're, they just are. We feel what we feel. So the ability to express those, I'm sad. Um, I have tears. Um, I have maybe in some cases, even, regret that has to be dealt with, um, or remorse that has to be dealt with, or um, shock that has to be dealt with because of this change. But being real with our feelings and being real with our emotions in a safe place before God in a journal with a counselor, with a confidant, I think the expressing of those feelings helps change tremendously. I do too. When you bottle them up and you stuff them, you end up being in denial of them and that catches up with you. Absolutely. So we as therapists, we get the awesome pleasure of being able to, you know, validate those feelings. Like that is very normal to feel that way in response to the season that you're in right now. Exactly. Where do we go from here? We also tease the idea of not getting stuck in questions that are fruitless. Yes. It's the, a lot of times it's the why the question, why is this happening? And although it's, those questions are great to help you kind of understand your situation and understanding of your situation doesn't necessarily provide you with the way to move forward, you know, from it or move to your next steps. So, you know, better questions are, where do I go from here? Yes. What's going to help me more in this next season? And maybe what adjustments do I need to make to the systems that I have in place? Maybe the routines, the perspectives that I've had about life to be able to move forward and really embrace the change. You know, I've, I've read several devotionals over the years because, um, unfortunately my son has chosen a prodigal path through life. And I won't say a whole lot about that because I don't have his permission, but I will say this, that I would often find myself, just to normalize this for our audience, asking the same questions. I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. I'm a counselor. I have been his coach in two sports. Um, I have taken him to Africa. Um, he went to numerous churches with me when I was doing interim and consultation work. Uh, he wanted to go with me to funerals and weddings. Um, it's not like I didn't invest in him or that he didn't want to be with me. We were together all the time. And yet he made choices that were so contrary to that lifestyle 
of a pastor and being a Christian counselor, that I would find myself asking, God, why? And the wrong question, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. What did I do wrong? So easy to ask those Oh, questions. I know. Where did I miss it? Why did he make those choices that created such deep pain of change in my life versus being able to celebrate successes of change in his life? And I realized that the, the answer to that question never came. The answer to the how question never came. And I had to settle in on the fact that the changes that occurred in his life were the result of his own choices. And sometimes when the people we love the most make choices that create change in our life, the, the first thing we fail to do is, is to give them permission to be who they are mm-hmm. because we expect that they will comply with us because of our investment or because of who we are, what we've done, Mm -hmm. when really those changes that we have to navigate through are the changes like all change, which is completely independent of us and beyond our control. True. We seem to have this belief, you know, at times that we actually have more control over things than we actually do. And more so in the realm of believing we have control over other people and what they do than we actually do. You know, as parents, we're given, you know, a level of authority and responsibility for what our children do. But at the end of the day, we can't control them. I literally, I cannot control my four-year-old. And that may be a paradigm shift for some parents. But at the end of the day, like, yes, there are things I say, this is what you need to do. This is what we're going to do. I'm not going to allow you to get out of it. But at the end of the day, they still have choice. They still have control. And it's my job to develop a relationship where there's love and trust and hopefully they're more willing to do the things I ask of them and take those on as their own moving forward. But I do not control that moving forward. And so as we're seeking to understand one of those questions, I think is kind of implied in there. It's like, is this my fault? You know, because I didn't see it turn out the way that I did or way that I wanted it to. Thank you so much for sharing that because as a parent, it's so easy to struggle with. And I've seen a lot of parents struggle with that question. And again, if we're going to adjust the change well, we have to move forward from fruitless questions because they really don't help us. If anything, they, we stay stuck, you know, yeah. in this situation. And I, I go back to the same thing. Sometimes the answers to some of those questions, if we were to get them, are not going to help us move forward because they're not going to provide us with answers of how we navigate this next season or what's happening. And so if we're going to adjust to these inharmonious circumstances, we need more. And so I think another way to adjust to change, you know, you talked about the press box, you know, when you're really thinking kind of who is in that press box, who's calling, Mm -hmm. you know, those plays and those audibles, I think we need support. We need the support of people who either have been in the arena of these changes or who are in the arena of these changes. My mom friends are vital to my (laughs) making it through this season. Two of my best friends, we had babies within two weeks of each other, which is unheard of. Probably will never happen again for us, but it was, it was so much fun, but we have a, um, group text message where pretty much we're talking about kids and wait a minute. 
is this happening to you too? <laughs> like, okay. Yes. Like, just so we know that, like, okay, this is normal. My feelings are valid. And how did you navigate this? So we need help and support, I think, to adjust the changes. And it helps to have people who are in the arena. Yeah, it really does. Because what we're talking about is the illusion of control, you know, and when you talk to other people, you do get perspective. Yes. Um, I have an aunt in South Carolina that, that gets me and I'm just moved every time I talk to her with her insight Mm -hmm. and just her very profound, but simple way of pointing out things that were as obvious as, as the back of my hand, but I might not be seeing it when I'm asking the wrong questions. So as we move through this, folks, let's just quickly summarize. We've talked about the will of God. Mm-hmm. We've talked about trusting the sovereignty of God. We've talked about not getting caught up in the illusion of control. Yeah. And the fourth one that I alluded to, I'm going to put a term to it, is developing an internal location of control, which allows me to give others permission to do and be what they are doing and being Mm -hmm. without accepting it. I don't have to accept it necessarily. I don't have to embrace that it's okay. But when I release that from myself, then I probably can see them more objectively and probably find greater resilience to deal with the change that's occurring. Either someone made a decision and I have to live with their decision or someone I love is off the rails. Either way, I have to learn that an internal location of control with compassion, with kindness, still enables me to have the resilience to not have that illusion of control. Absolutely. Because the truth is a lot of the changes in our life are tied to the systems we're part of or the people that we're in relationship to, because a lot of times they cause the shifts that rock our world. Absolutely. they do. <laughs> we're not doing that ourselves and somebody else is doing that. Well, you know, let's go back to it's, it seems like agent history now, perhaps, but let's go back to COVID three years ago. Mm, yeah. That change was not something our nation or the world was prepared to deal with. Mm -mm. That was one of the most fascinating things to observe. And there was so much real time study taking place then that I think is going to be valuable for the future. If we'll pay attention to it, just in terms of when that kind of catastrophic change comes, Mm -hmm. how do we adjust? I remember we were all working here because we were doing virtual in our offices. Sometimes We wouldn't even see each other in the course of a day. Or in a normal day, we'd be in and out of our offices or in the break room or the kitchen, we'd see each other and banter or talk a little bit and then go on our way. I remember days I didn't see any colleagues. And if you did, we were our faces were covered with masks. We couldn't even literally see each other. Like it was No, I mean it was yeah, that mask was there and then and then driving to work in the morning it was like the apocalypse. There was nothing going on. It was just dead. There was no cars. There you know, there were businesses were shut down and you know, that change I think we're still as a world and certainly as a nation and society are still trying to cope with. Yeah, definitely recovering. Because All of that uncertainty and all of that major change was not something any of us 
could have been or were prepared to deal with. We had to adjust on the fly, which is more like an audible. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in order to do that, we do have to have these groundings we're talking about. We have to trust the will of God. Mm-hmm. We have to trust his sovereignty. We have to get past the illusion of control and we have to develop this internal sense of my sense of being is who I am before God. And then this last one we've been talking about is connecting with other people who can speak perspective into our lives. Yeah. Because if they've been there before, you know, why would we not use them as resources as we're traveling through that season of life? There's Absolutely. some things you don't have to learn the hard way. You can, you know, gather from the knowledge that other people have and are probably more than willing to pass on to you in that season that will help you. So just know you're not in it alone. So folks, you know, we've talked about adjustments to change because, you know, in the work that we do, that's one of the biggest things ever because change is going to come. So we have to have that paradigm shift that it's Mm -hmm. coming. We need to lean into it. We need to ask questions that are more fruitful than just why. Although great for seeking understanding, not always great for knowing how to move forward and through, you know, seeking our supports and trusting God through it all is how we can get through change being at peace and learning how to cope and hopefully mitigate a lot of the the suffering or the yeah. stress that comes with these pretty naturally stressful events. And the stress that they cause as we said in, in our earlier broadcast, um, affect us physiologically, mm-hmm. psychologically, emotionally. And even though you might not be able to eliminate those responses, mm-hmm. the key is not to stay or live in those responses, but to move through them as efficiently as you can all because of these things that we've talked about today that we need to plug in as resources to help us get there. And perhaps Tiffany, we could just review quickly that um, biblical or spiritual mindfulness, I think is, is a very key component to all of this. If we were to add this one in, maybe it's kind of a last component Mm -hmm. that in mindfulness, I'm aware that change can happen And I'm willing to stay in the moment while being real about how I feel so that my choices come from my wise mind, not just my intellectual mind, not just my emotional mind, but bringing thoughts and feelings together and coming to a place of decision that helps me to uh, have courage and to stand strong in the face of what I didn't expect. Absolutely. Mindfulness is huge. I'll give you a few quick examples. In my mom journey in this season, I recognized that I took, I had to take a pause and really evaluate the systems I had in place to move through life, you know, and manage, you know, children and marriage and just myself. And what I discovered is that there were a whole host of things I was doing in an effort to prove that I was a good mom, Mm. in particular, in a moment of just quiet and like, tuning in the Lord revealed that to me and he also just revealed to me that Tiffany that you need to find a new pace this pace does not work in the season and so when I looked at the pace I was moving and take a breath just in the moment like why am I moving so fast 
why am I even in a hurry? And I continue to remind myself on the daily, I set the pace. Yes. I set the pace. Like I get to choose. And it's only when I'm mindful in the moment that I'm able to be like, oh, wait a minute. Like I'm stressed out. I honestly don't really have to be right now. That's a huge component. So the paradox is I get rid of the illusion of control. On the other hand, I learn what I can control. Mm-hmm. And what I can control is my choice. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that is. And mindfulness helps us be aware. It, it does. Our choices are. You know, it's, yes, it's that awareness, you know, that I think is necessary. Yeah. Um, no, I couldn't have said that any better. Just, just the whole idea that if I say I don't have a choice, I'm still making a choice, right? Yes. So I do have a choice. And if my choice is based on this balance we've been talking about of all these components, then what you find in a clinical setting is a fleshing out then for people who seek help mm-hmm. uh, of each one of those components so that they have specificity within those arenas if yes. they need it, right? In order to more successfully cope and navigate through uh, the adjustments of life. So folks, if you've like been tuning in and listening to us talking about, you know, how adjustments can be really difficult and, you know, in this podcast, you know, things that will help you, but you're still left with how do I concretely you know, apply this to my life, then we strongly encourage that you, you know, go to like your faith-based resources, um, you know, talk to individuals in your church, maybe your pastoral teams, or even seek out the help of a professional counselor that can help yeah. you really learn how to walk this out in a way that's going to be helpful in your season of life. Absolutely. So, folks, we hope that you have enjoyed this podcast as always. Um, we hopefully will bring some really great programming to you and continue to be as this is the end of our fundamental series. Um, but we're going to come up with some, I think, some really great things moving forward that um, we're pretty excited about. Looking forward to it, Tiffany. Yes. Folks, God bless and shalom. The information contained in our podcast and on our social media pages is for informational purposes only. All views expressed are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which we have been, are now, or will be affiliated. The information is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition. If you are experiencing mental health symptoms, we encourage you to contact a mental health provider in your community. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room.